and welcome to The Dish, a connectivity business news podcast. My name is Madeline Durrett, Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News, and today we're speaking with Yama Sanpera, co-founder and CEO of Satelliot, to discuss Satelliot's milestone satellite launch in April, the significance of its planned 5G LEO constellation, and why the company recently decided to join a global trade association. Yama, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Madeline, for inviting First, I want to start off talking about the launch of Satelliat Zero, your low-Earth orbit nanosatellite, in April. What was the significance of this launch? Uh, it's uh, another step on the way okay? What we are doing is launching the first satellite constellation that will be working directly with the 5G IoT devices. When we say 5G IoT devices, we mean uh, the current MBIoT standard devices that today are using 170 mobile operators all around the world. And this means that instead of using uh, complicated and expensive and expense uh, satellite devices like the one that today we see on the market, uh, we use uh, plain uh, standard mobile devices, which means a five to ten dollars device. Okay, that today is uh, connect directly with a base station to any of the mobile operators around the world. It can be connecting directly uh, to our satellite constellation. Uh, then what we are doing is step-by-step uh, step approaching the moment by beginning next year that we're going to be commercial and we're going to offer our services uh, all around the world. Well, um, Satelia already has a sales pipeline of more than 1.2 billion euros. How do you expect this planned 250 satellite constellation to increase the pipeline? Oh, the, the 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 pipeline that we have already signed, okay, it's a pipeline that we may uh, serve with a uh, few, few messages per day. Uh, our constellation has a unique uh, feature that is the astronaut forward. What does this mean? This means that uh, we may do roaming with a mobile operator, a storing of all on the keys. This means that we don't need real-time inter-satellite wind conservation to start our service. Then this first pipeline we have signed with people that need few messages per day, which is the commercial service that we're going to have in few months. Then once we launch more satellites and at that time of revisit decrease between one satellite and the next one, okay, then it's uh, on the moment the market we will uh, increase uh, uh, accordingly, okay, and we may have the capability of uh, uh, delivering service to real-time or to near real-time uh, applications. Uh, we have already seen uh, some of our customers that say that super interesting, but once you have one message per hour, come back. Okay, why now we have a few messages per day, and this is not at the moment. Then the market is huge, and what we are seeing, okay, as the last, uh, as the last press release that we did with the bees, okay, that the number of applications are growing, okay, in a in exponential way. And who are some of the mobile network operators that you're working with or in talks with? We are, right now we have already engaged with 50 MNOs and MVNOs. MVNOs is the IoT operators all around the world. With these, okay, where they have already more than 200 million IoT customers, uh, and, uh, are the ones that will help 
to uh, to rise to the final customers. Uh, the why now uh, before uh, summer? What they are doing? It's an end-to-end demonstration with the first of uh, these mobile operators, which is Telefonica, because uh, uh, of a geographical approach uh, and uh, it's uh, the cause of one. Okay, and uh, with uh, Telefonica, we will be demonstrating. Uh, uh, 100% a standard device connected to base station going out of coverage and connecting directly through uh, our satellite constellation and delivering back the information through a single roaming agreement. Exactly the same roaming agreement that today uh, the mobile operators are signing in order to have uh, global coverage is the one, okay, that uh, they will sign with us. There is no zero integration, integration, integration efforts. Thank you. And in May, you announced that you joined the GSMA, a global trade association for mobile network operators. Why did you decide to join the GSMA? And would you elaborate? Um, you kind of already touched upon it, the standard roaming agreements you signed. Uh, I agree that we, we joined uh, GSMA. Uh, because it's a global organization that uh, uh, does set up the standard uh, for the roaming uh, uh, contracts with the mobile operators. Then, uh, if you want to go, you want to have a super scalable business model, which is in our aim. Uh, we need to be uh, super uh, transparent for the mobile operators. They need to feel that they are doing exactly the same that they were signing contracts with other mobile operators in order to have coverage in foreign countries. That's why we have a sign with a GSMA, we have joined GSMA, and with this we we are able to sign exactly the same contracts that today are using uh, between them. This speeds up the process. Of course, you could uh, uh, you may sign any contract uh, uh, as far as both parties uh, they agree, okay? But when you go to a mobile operators and you show them this is the contract that you are uh, uh, currently signing with others, it's exactly the same, okay? Things are much, much easier uh, for both uh, parts. And that's exactly what we, are, what we have been looking at. We want this zero integration efforts with the mobile operators, which is uh, crucial for having an expansion that we need in order to achieve our objective of 1 billion sales by 2026, which is very soon. Thank you. So this is going to help accelerate your service once your constellation is operational? Uh, exactly. This is going to accelerate the sign and integration with more and more mobile operators. Um, at the same time, that for the final user would be super transparent because they will have no idea if they are using a terrestrial network or a non-terrestrial uh, uh, for a satellite uh, network. For the final user, it's uh, fully transparent. It's just, uh, as you know, in the SIM, okay, you have all the different profiles of the mobile operators. Then we are just another profile in the in the SIM of the device that is the only one that is uh, by satellite instead of being uh, by uh, the terrestrial base stations. Thank you. When is the full constellation of 250 satellites expected to be complete, and how many satellites do you need operational before you can begin distributing services? Before distributing services uh, is what I tried to explain before, okay? Uh, it's four satellites. With four satellites, we will start selling. Once we will have global coverage, no real time, few messages per day. Then this 
it's going to start next year, 2024. We have already a lot of people that is signing binding contracts in order to have uh, this service as soon as they are in less than one year time. Okay, but we'll keep increasing the number of satellites in order to arrive to near real time, and this will be 2025, beginning 2026. That's when we are going to be in real time everywhere in the world. And Satellia One, your third generation, before fifth generation satellite that launched a couple of years ago, is nearing the end of its mission to test 5G narrowband IoT. When do you expect this mission to be fully complete? Now, what what do you expect is to to have this satellite, uh, uh, the next bunch of satellites. Uh, they are already. Uh, ready for launch, okay, and uh, and we expect to launch four more satellites before the end of the year. This will be the first commercial uh, 5G IoT satellites in the world that will be the one, okay, that we'll be using in order to deliver the service during next year. And how does the completion of this message, of this mission, help towards Satellia's plans for its eventual constellation? Uh, all the all the different satellites that we have already launched are the ones. Okay, the first one was the one that we used in order to uh, contribute to the standard. Uh, one th- one thing that's important is that we are uh, 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 we are st- two three years uh, in advantage of any other uh, player in the market because we start three years before nobody else, okay? We started uh, 2018 when we created the company. It was already uh, with the goal of having fully standard devices connected to our satellite constellation. Once we uh, once we saw, okay, that the hardware of the devices was uh, ready to connect, but uh, we need to modify the software, there was uh, two different uh, paths. The first one was the easy one, okay, that it was to deliver our own software, our own software to standard devices. But the second one, which was the, uh, the most difficult, but the super, uh, uh, the super scalable one, it was to modify the standard. And this is exactly what we have been doing for these last three years, modifying, helping the 3GPP, which is the global organization that set up the standard for the mobile industry, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to modify and to, to have the capability of uh, releasing the last version, the release 17, that it's able to connect in both terrestrial and non-terrestrial uh, networks. This first satellite was, uh, has been the one that uh, we have been using in order to uh, deliver these uh, contributions to, to the standard for all the industry. The second one is for testing the service and the, and the four next that we are launching and the ones that are going to be commercial. Thank you. And what has been the biggest challenge in developing a 5G standard low Earth orbit satellite? I think that the biggest uh, challenge uh, we have already surpassed it, okay, that uh, the next, uh, this is not uh, one shot uh, mission, okay, it's uh, it's, uh, a layer that you that you climb step by step. Each uh, day we got uh, uh, some uh, technical, regulatory, and uh, commercial news. We are advancing uh, every week uh, toward our objective uh, in number of binding orders, in number of uh, uh, countries that are uh, that are already uh, uh, successfully uh, being uh, achieved. 
the commercial uh, regulation approval, okay, in the number of uh, technology, as you know, okay, that uh, the satellite is just one piece of the puzzle. We have uh, the satellite in one uh, part, and then we have the 5G core, that is uh, uh, this uh, 5G core that allows us to do this storm forward. And on the other hand, we are working every day with uh, the uh, chips and manufacturers in order to uh, help them uh, or facilitate them uh, as much as possible the, uh, the, the new release of the standard being implemented on the chipsets. Uh, although it's only software, okay, it takes some time and we need to coordinate everything in order that uh, the chipsets, the code, the satellites and the market uh, is there uh, by 2024 in order that we could start selling. Thank you. And I, I know that you're planning a global service, but there is, is there a particular um, region that you you see the biggest market in? Is there a particular sector that you think would benefit the most from your service? That's a super interesting question. In terms of regional, uh, we foresee that United States would be one of the first markets in the world, with no doubt. It's a very developed country with uh, with uh, some uh, blank spots where there is no uh, mobile coverage. Uh, the second one would be uh, South America. South America, we see Brazil having a huge potential. As you know, Brazil, uh, 25% of the GDP depends on agriculture, uh, and there is a lot of cattle management. Argentina, Uruguay, they have also a lot of cattle management. Acatos, uh, all these regions are the ones, okay, that they have very bad coverage of the mobile operators. Brazil have 70% of the, of the surface of Brazil has no mobile coverage, okay, which is amazing because uh, the account is super developed, but the, the mobile uh, coverage is uh, it's scarce. Then Europe is a, it's a region where there is a lot of business, but there is uh, Europe is a super dense region where there is a lot of uh, mobile coverage, a very few uh, blank spots. Africa and other part, okay, there is there is very few coverage, but there is very few business. Then uh, we believe that North and South America will be the region where the business will be uh, much more developed. And in terms of sector, uh, why now that we have few messages that we are going to have few messages per day, we are doing a lot of uh, uh, binding contract with agriculture, with cattle management, uh, infrastructures, some forestry, uh, and uh, but we uh, but we believe that once we we achieve that one hour uh, message uh, uh, coverage, okay, everywhere in the world, logistics will be logistics and tracking will be the two that uh, for sure will be the number one application uh, for our service. Thank you. And you mentioned last year during Satellite Innovation 2022 that going public isn't off the table for Zeteliot. Is going public still something you're considering and what would need to happen for you to decide that's the correct move? Uh, we still believe that uh, uh, going public, it's, uh, it will be the 
uh, one step uh, forward, okay, in the future. Uh, having a date for that, it's, it's difficult right now, okay, but with the evolution of the business, it will be indicated at the moment. Uh, we, we have, this is not a private company, this is a company that already have uh, a lot of shareholders. We keep uh, increasing the number of shareholders with, uh, uh, with the Series B that uh, we want to close uh, in the next month. Uh, with different videos, you mean, okay, that maybe we'll have more than 100 different shareholders in the company. All these shareholders, what they have is liquidity. And uh, the best way to give the option uh, to have liquidity to all of our uh, shareholders is uh, being public. Then uh, we still believe that uh, this is the future of the company. Uh, and, of course, we are always thinking on uh, on a NASDAQ uh, uh, IPO, which is the way, uh, which is the the right market for a global technological firm or the best market. Right. And for my, my last question, what's one thing that you think our subscribers should know? Sorry, I lose your question. What's the – may you repeat? What's one thing um, that you think our subscribers should take away from this? What's one thing you would like for them to know? Ah, yeah, okay. That's, that the uh, IoT satellite, it would be a standard. There is no way, okay, that nobody uh, could beat a uh, standard. When a standard enters on the industry, it takes off. And this is just the beginning of a global revolution because the 6G on the CGPP is already a standard that is being designed as a terrestrial and non-terrestrial. Then I think that it's super important to understand that uh, satellite and mobile uh, will not be forever uh, when we have more uh, two different uh, businesses and different sectors, different industries uh, with the uh, uh, CGPP release 17 uh, IoT, okay, and the NTN uh, version of the 5G IoT is the beginning of a new era for the all the satellite and mobile industry. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again to Yama Sampera, co-founder and CEO of Satelliat, for joining us. This has been the Dish Podcast by Connectivity Business News. Thank you, Madeleine, for the interview. It's been super interesting.